Hello there. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. Podcast where I watch every episode of some British sci-fi show from the 60s and tell you all about it. Yep, that that's the show, some British sci-fi show from the 60s. Um, how many seasons did they make in the 60s, Kyle? Like, uh, <laughs> was, it, was it like Star Trek where they only did three or... Uh, a few more than that, because we're on the third season now. So if it's only it's true. lasted as long as Star Trek, then <laughs> we don't have that much more left to go. Well, wow. I think we're in... For some reason, I thought this was going to take longer. <laughs> I, I can't remember if we're in 1965 or 1966 at the moment. So there's there's still a few more in the 60s. <laughs> and then some in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. <laughs> and it keeps going. Well, cool. What are you up to, Kyle? Uh, not a whole lot. We are recording this a couple months before it comes out, and mm-hmm. it is rather chilly at my house, so I'm I'm wrapped up in a blanket. And I see, yeah, I see your hoodie. Is the is the blanket like over your lap or something? I do not see it. Yeah, yeah, it's out of camera. Uh, here it is. Aha! Uh-huh. He has pulled the blanket into the <laughs> frame, so I can confirm that he is indeed wrapped in a blanket. Um, yeah, over here in the in the the timeline that we are currently in, we are approaching the holidays. Um, we're about a week out. We're a week out from Doctor Who season two wrap up miss or whatever we call that. Indeed, um, our uh, our wrap up special. Um, yeah, I think we had a I think we had a clever <laughs> clever name for it than that. I don't remember it either. Um, cool, cool. And of course, you know, by the time that you folks are listening to this, we're, we're months later, but maybe, maybe a little bit of the, the holiday cheer in our hearts can be felt through your, your headphones or speakers or whatever you're listening through. Indeed. I was actually listening to the doctor's watcher this morning. We had a new episode come out today and it was the last episode of season two before our wrap-up bonus episode. And there was actually something that I mentioned in that episode that I wanted to address on mic today. It's handy that we're recording today so I can mention this. Cool. And yeah, and in that episode, at the end, during the end credits, there were like some like kind of silhouetted profile shots of the doctor and his companions. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wondered if that was going to be like a new thing for the credits or if it was like a special end of season thing. And yeah, turns out we're a few episodes into season three now and I've not seen it happening. So I guess it was a special end of season thing. Oh, cool. I like that. That's neat. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's kind and of thanks fun. For, thanks for, for closing the loop on that. <laughs> guess it, it took a few episodes, but, you know, I wanted to really confirm listeners, you know, make sure that, that we're not leading you astray. Definitely not because we forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> not just because it, it so happened that I listened to that episode this morning and we were recording today. <laughs> well, that worked out too. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we've got uh, a season three episode to talk about today. Season three, episode five. So should we get to it? Let's do it.
So this episode is called Mission to the Unknown. And nice. Mission to the Unknown, I dig it. Before you remind us of the cliff dangler from the previous episode, I actually want to propose a, a new segment for the podcast. Um, we are kind of entering the, like, I guess the 40 years in the desert phase in terms of missing episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff from, uh, these seasons. And I saw that the second doctor also has a bunch of missing episodes. So this is going to be going yeah. on for a while. Yeah. So this new segment I propose is how did you watch it? And <laughs> it'll be where... At the start of each episode discussion, before you remind us of the Cliff Dangler, you ask me how I watched it. Kyle, I'm curious. As we enter the uh, 40 years in the desert phase of Doctor Who's missing episodes for season three, episode five, how did you watch it? We're actually launching the how did you watch it segment with a pretty interesting or unusual one, actually. Which has nothing to do with the fact that you thought of this segment <laughs> or uh, the, the thing that kind of incentivized you to create this segment or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Inspired you, I guess, to do it. I can't think of the right word. Please continue. <laughs> so this is, in fact, a missing episode. And there is a loose cannon reconstruction of it. And if we were doing this podcast a few years earlier than we are doing it, I would have watched the Loose Cannon Reconstruction, but I did not. Instead, I guess back in 2019, a group of students and staff at the University of Central Lancashire filmed a recreation of this episode as like a class project basically oh my gosh that's awesome and that's available on the official doctor who youtube channel what and like for real yeah the official one that's awesome official <laughs> <love> yeah <laughs> so that's the what the thing i watched and it was a lot of fun it was filmed using like 1960s filming and production what? techniques it's presented in black and white uh, I think the making of video that I also watched but didn't take any notes on said that it was actually filmed in color and then they converted it to black and white in post. So, yeah, you'll have to wait until the end of the serial to know whether or not I recommend that you watch it in general. But if you do watch it and if I do recommend that you watch it, the 2019 recreation is definitely the recommended way to watch it. So did they like, are, are, are they lip syncing to the original audio or, because we have that, we have the audio. For we do have episodes. that, but no, it's a complete recreation. Like they oh, okay, have okay. new actors speaking all the lines and everything. Yeah, I figured that would be pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> Having to get the timing right for that. That's cool. Well, thank you to the, uh, the, the class that did that. University yeah. of Lancashire, did you say? University of Central Lancashire. Central Lancashire. The best part of Lancashire, really. I mean, everyone totally. knows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. have you been to outer Lancashire? No, because it sucks. <laughs> so, oh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to Central Lancashire either. But <laughs> but if I, if I were to go to Lancashire, that's the part I'd go to. <laughs> well, cool. Also, I will also mention, since this is a new serial, that you'll probably be 
mostly excited and maybe slightly worried to hear that this is written by Terry Nation. <laughs> um, yeah, both, both. I think I think both is fair. <laughs> uh, Mr. Nation is known for bringing us, you know, well, Daleks, of course, um, but also, you know, exciting, interesting serials um, that usually go a few episodes too long, as we've said, I think, a few times now. And for not getting the memo <laughs> about this being a children's show. So we'll see where this goes. And cool. With that, I do you want to remind us? I talking there. I wonder if there was a pop that y'all heard, listeners, <laughs> as I was saying that last line, it was my foot. <laughs> that pop. Nice. Uh, yes, uh, Cliff Dangler. Sorry, you were, you were trying to ask me for the Cliff Dangler. But I was <laughs> bullshitting about my foot popping. Um, the, the Cliff Dangler is must kill must kill or something along those lines you're giving me a look i think i agree with this yeah, slightly wrong i think that was actually the the exact line okay okay, okay. Like, oh, <laughs> was it like have to kill uh should kill want to kill anyway, um, so we've got this dude we don't know who he is yet he's in a, a jungle if i remember right or some sort of forest and he's mm-hmm. got some sort of a weird a weird vein on his arm so he's he's juicing or something um, he covers it up, and at first he he looks confused. Um, I, I, I was editing this episode recently; it's still pretty fresh in my mind. <laughs> so at first he looks confused, but then he seems to, you know, something something happens in his his brain, and he starts saying, "Must kill, must kill." Oh, I see beans moving in the background. Yeah, you gonna give us a squeak, BB? No, he is not. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pretty quiet kitty most of the time. <laughs> right now he's looking at something very intently out the window. Um, there must nice. be like a squirrel or a bird or something. <laughs> so we pick up from the cliff dangler. We actually get to see the cliff dangler again with the, you know, the University of Central Lancashire actor who's playing this character. <laughs> I love it. And we cut away from him to... Two other people who are standing underneath a rocket, and one of them is kind of working on, seems to be working on repairing this rocket. The fins of the rocket say UN Deep Space Force Group One. Oh, I dig it. I love that this rocket has fins too. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm picturing like your completely standard, you know, like bullet shaped rocket with the kind of, um, I don't know how you'd describe that, trapezoidal fins along the bottom of it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Beautiful. I love it. Terry Nation, thank you. And yeah, like the actual rocket part itself is like a ways up off the ground. The fins are, you know, on the ground and it's kind of holding it up. So Excellent. I mean, this is the 60s. This feels very 50s though. Like this, I think this was retro already (laughs) when they made this. (laughs) So the older of these two folks is a man named Corey, and he's the captain of the expedition. And the younger one is a man named Lowry, and he seems to be the one who's actually (laughs) doing most of the repair work. They named them that so we can't ship them. Because <laughs> if you try to combine Cory and Lowry, you just end up with Cory and Lowry. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be Cowrie or or Lori. Uh, ah, we thwarted them. We, we we might ship them after all. We'll see. <laughs> there is apparently 
a third member of this expedition, and he seems to be missing. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Where the devil's gone? Should have been back by now. I, uh... I think, I think we have a feeling of where Garvey might be. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, the camera actually shows us, you know, the the quick cut from this line over to the guy from the Cliff Dangler implies very heavily to us viewers that the guy from the Cliff Dangler is Garvey. Mm-hmm. And turns out where he is, is hiding nearby watching Corey and Lowry. Uh-huh. Okay, well... um, he, he wasn't muttering to himself, must play checkers with. So uh, <laughs> I think um, think this might, yeah, we'll, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> uh-huh. but, but I think it's definitely uh, um, going to turn into something. Lowry asks Corey to get him a spare part from inside the ship. So Corey climbs up into the rocket. And while he's in the rocket looking for the spare part, Lowry kind of just gives up on the repair job and starts walking away from the rocket. Well, if he and needs a spare part, right, to, to yeah. proceed, then, then he needs to wait. Well, there was some dialogue about how, like, it's useless and we're not going to fix this or something. Oh, well, he, he should tell the other guy that he doesn't need the part <laughs> after all. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Poor guy's over there still looking for the part. So he starts kind of walking away from the rocket, and then Garvey comes up behind him with his gun out, and before Garvey can do anything, and even before Lowry is even aware of Garvey's presence, Corey appears behind Garvey with his gun out, and he shoots Garvey. Oh, dang. Not not the person I thought was going to be killed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lowry kind of freaks out, you know, pretty fair, I think. Yeah, yeah. One of his uh, his crew just shot the other one. Uh-huh. Corey's just like, dude, he was about to kill you. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. And Corey... What if he just wanted a- to show me his gun? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Corey goes ahead to roll a quick investigation check on the corpse of Garvey. And he discovers a Varga thorn embedded in Garvey's neck. Was that the, the source of the weird vein? Well, no, because the, the vein was on his arm. But I guess I guess if he's got the thorn in his neck, he grows a vein on his arm. I should Something shut up like that, yeah. I suspect we'll find out. <laughs> so he, he, shows, he shows Lowry this thorn. It's like several inches long. It's pretty gnarly. And Dang. he tells Lowry to be careful not to get pricked by it, or he'll have to kill him too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lowry takes Garvey's gun, and he and Corey both head into the rocket. And as soon as they are in the rocket, we see Garvey's hand start to twitch and then kind Whoa. of flip over. Oh, dang, okay. Yeah, these guys are handling this pretty well. <laughs> you, <laughs> uh-huh. you just saw your buddy try to kill your other buddy, and then get get you had to shoot him. Like <laughs> uh, you think you'd take a moment to be like, "Oh my gosh, that just happened." Oh, yeah. you know, like maybe maybe you need to sit down for a little bit or something. But now they're like, oh, "All right, don't get pricked by this thorn, or I'll have to shoot <laughs> you too." <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Lowry is definitely like you know 
oh my gosh, what the hell just happened? Okay, okay. But, <laughs> but Corey's totally chill and cool. He's like, yeah, I, I killed him. He was going to kill you, so be careful. Oh. He, he's the he's the guy in charge, right? Yeah. I, I guess that's how you become you become the leader or the captain or whatever. You you're just prepared for anything. Unflappable. The, yeah, Sorry, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of them are in the rocket and Corey tells Lowry that he's entitled to know a few things now that Garvey's dead. And Lowry's like Yeah. Jeff Garvey's dead. I mean, we flew together for the last 10 years, and now he's dead. And you killed him. You'd better explain that fact and make it good. Okay, okay, so he's, he's feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not just, like, moving right along. Corey basically shows Lowry his identification, and it turns out that Corey is in the Space Security Service, Oh, and he has a license to kill, so <laughs> you know everything is cool and legal. Turns out he also has a license to enlist the aid of anyone he chooses. Okay, so is he gonna enlist the guy who's already working for him because uh, <laughs> I think that saves on the paperwork. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, he, he chooses Lowry and... <laughs> Out of his abundant choices on this right. planet here. <laughs> Lowry's basically just like, fine, okay, whatever, but what the fuck is actually happening here? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't actually explained the whole, whole lot about like the, the relevant details. <laughs> uh-huh. Corey is basically like, so, you know, the Daleks and... And of course, Lowry's we haven't like, seen Terry Nation's name in the in the credits. Are like, uh huh, we know the Daleks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lowry's like, yeah, they invaded Earth like a thousand fucking years ago. I heard all about it on a hit podcast. <laughs> Excellent. And he's uh, like, well, I hope I hope he remembered to leave us a five star <laughs> review uh-huh. and uh, to tell his friends. <laughs> and he's like, well, I, I mostly heard about the Dalek occupation of Earth, the actual invasion happened like before the podcast really started. (laughs) Yes. And Corey's like, Well, they have been active in our galaxy for some time now, but that doesn't mean they've exactly been sitting around. Hmm. Interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, apparently in the past 500 years, they've conquered 70 planets in the ninth galactic system. Nice. And 40 planets in the constellation of Miros. Cool. Yeah, totally. They're, I mean, you know, I feel like a constellation's a little smaller on the uh, galactic scale than a whole galaxy. Unless it's one of those yeah. that contains a galaxy and not a star. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't know much <laughs> about astronomy. So they're really getting up there on the scoreboard. Lowry's like, who gives a shit? Those are far away from us. Uh I, I see he's a moderate. <laughs> he's still on the fence as to who he's going to vote for <laughs> uh-huh. in this upcoming election. And Corey explains that the reason to give a shit is that a space freighter captain recently saw a ship that's never been seen in these parts before. And he reported this to the Space Security Service and his description of this never-before-seen ship matches a Dalek spaceship. 
So it's a it's a flying saucer then. Indeed. Nice. We got flying saucers and these uh I mean presumably flying saucers and these nice classic uh sci-fi rockets. We cut from this conversation back to Garvey's body, which starts twitching some more, and then it sits up and mm-hmm. then it stands up and then it turns into like a kind of what looks like a six foot tall pile of giant cotton balls. <laughs> if you can imagine like uh, six inch cotton balls that have like big spikes coming out of them. It's like a big pile of those. I, I, I think I can kind of imagine it. But <laughs> um, yeah, I so so out of curiosity, have you seen the original like BBC version of this or just the recreation? Um, I saw the original like years ago. How 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 much like a giant pile of of cotton balls did that look like? <laughs> um, pretty kind of like a giant pile of cotton balls, as oh, far as I remember. Okay. Yeah, accurate then. <laughs> I think we might have seen. I think we might have seen uh, a little bit of pile of cotton ball in the background of the cliff dingler of the previous episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not completely sure, yet. but yeah, cool. But apparently. This giant pile of cotton balls with big spikes coming out of them is a Varga plant, and Garvey is becoming it. So when he turns into it, is it just like him standing there, and then there's like a crossfade, and then there's that pile of cotton balls? Because I'm guessing they didn't have very, uh, on, on their budget, and, and given what we've right. seen so far of Doctor Who special effects, I'm guessing we don't have a very elaborate transformation sequence. That pretty much was it. Um, in fact, the crossfade doesn't even include like the bottom half of his legs. <laughs> so we have like legs from the knees down, and then the upper, you know, three quarters of his body crossfades into this pile of cotton balls. So, so you just got like a pair of legs with cotton balls on top. Uh huh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So back inside the rocket, Corey is now attempting to reach Freighter XM2 on the radio. Oh, yeah, you mentioned the space freighter, and I was thinking, man, I want to be a space freighter captain. That'd be cool. Uh-huh. Just kind I think, of trucking around in space. I think Freighter XM2 is where this rocket came from. Interesting. Not the freighter that saw the Dalek ship, necessarily. Okay, okay. So he's trying to reach Freighter XM2 on the radio. He's just receiving static in response, though. And Lowry, I mentioned earlier, is convinced that the rocket is unrepairable. And so basically, they're just kind of stuck here unless they can figure something out. His rocket had the same fault locator code as your old PC. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It just said, we're fucked. Exactly. WF. (laughs) Hey folks, isn't this a good podcast? If you like what you hear, let us know. You can do that on social media or by email or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Another thing you can do if you like this show is let your friends know. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get new listeners. And now, back to the show. Lowry asks Corey 
if he thinks the Daleks have like a secret base here or something. We hope so. Uh huh. Corey explains that he had a hunch that that might be the case because this is the most hostile planet in the universe. Wow. And because of that, people generally tend to avoid it. So it'd probably be a pretty great place for the Daleks to make secret preparations. That'd be pretty sick for the Daleks to set up their secret base on the most hostile planet in the universe. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, I guess Corey got this idea and he asked the commander of Freighter XM2, presumably, for a few men and a small rocket. And he didn't even tell the commander why. Mm. But, you know, his space security service and whatnot. Yeah, he's got a license to not tell people things. Uh Uh-huh. But now that he has found the Varga Thorn in Garvey, like his hunch that the Daleks are here is becoming more than a hunch. He's becoming pretty convinced. He gives us a quick botany lesson. Cool. A thorn from a Varga plant. A thing, part animal, part vegetable. that looks like a cactus. The poison slowly attacks the brain. Rational thought is replaced by an overwhelming desire to kill. Eventually, the poison seeps through the system, and the victim is gradually transformed into a Varga. Part animal, part plant. I dig it. Yeah, totally. I mean, pretty much everything in that description was was fantastic. Uh huh. Sounds like a, a, a classic D&D monster. Or, you know, something from a, an old 50s sci-fi horror movie yeah i feel like you could definitely find this in in some sort of monster manual (laughs) exactly he tells lowry that vargas only grow naturally on scaro which of course is the dalek home planet Mm -hmm. so if there are vargas here there must be daleks here too I mean, that's a bit of a leap, but not much of one. So, so yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I don't think that 100% necessarily follows, but, like, it's a, you know, it makes yeah, it pretty it, likely, at least. Strong correlation. Yeah. We cut over to the Dalek base that is established here on this planet, the most hostile planet in the universe. Mm-hmm. And the Black Dalek is getting various status updates from the other Daleks. Space Monitor Control reports that the emissaries from the seven planets will arrive as arranged. Very cool. I mean, it does sort of like invite the question of who would send emissaries to work with the Daleks. Um, We'll Uh find out. We'll find out, presumably. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems that the Daleks are organizing a conference. <laughs> well, there you go, man. I mean, if you want tenure, it, it doesn't matter if there's Daleks putting on <laughs> that conference, you go. <laughs> uh-huh. The security control Dalek reports that the alien spacecraft has been located and the patrol will reach it shortly. And the Black Dalek orders for it and its occupants to be totally destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. Well, um, 
I think uh, I think their their catchphrase uh, hasn't been quite as ubiquitous um, yet <laughs> as it will be. Yeah, they're still a little bit off script. <laughs> Lowry and Corey are back outside of the rocket ship again, and Lowry is preparing to launch an emergency beacon. Cool. He's got the launcher all set up, but he's still working on attaching the recording apparatus to it. And once it's attached, then I guess they'll need to actually record an emergency message. And then they can launch the launcher, which will basically launch it into orbit. And once it's in orbit, the emergency message gets broadcast. I, I love that it's such an analog process. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, like they just, literally you know, have it. like a tape deck that they're going to record <laughs> the message onto. Amazing. I love it. They don't have a whole lot of time though because the Varga plants are slowly closing in on them. Look, they're using their roots to drag themselves along. I dig it. That's very cool. Yeah, totally. Plus, Corey figures that the Daleks must be on their way as well, but Lowry is still not sure, not completely convinced. I still think you're jumping to conclusions, you know? I mean, just because these Varga things grow here doesn't mean the Daleks are here too. Yeah, we, we kind of said that ourselves earlier. Well done us. Yeah, totally. Corey does actually have a bit of an explanation, though. He says that it's because the Vargas aren't actually natural. The Daleks developed them in a lab as a thing they can grow to protect themselves. I love it. I, yeah, I'm totally. liking these Vargas more and more all the time. So yeah, I guess the theory now is that the Vargas are here specifically as protection for the Daleks that he's presuming are also here. Cool. That makes sense. I follow that logic. Lowry keeps having more questions and keeps trying to wonder about things. And Corey's just like, dude, just fix the fucking emergency beacon launcher. <laughs> yeah, for, priorities here, bud. Uh huh. Like we, we, we can talk about all this stuff once the emergency beacon's already in space. <laughs> so Lowry keeps working on the launcher until there's a loud noise and a light from off camera shines onto Corey and Lowry. Very cool. It's the biggest rocket ship I've ever seen. It's like nothing we've got. All right, all right. You know, <laughs> it's, not, it's not just the size of the rocket ship. Uh-huh. Also, you know, quick shout-out and kudos to University of Central Lancashire for giving us a classic Doctor Who reaction shot instead of showing us the <laughs> rocket itself. Yeah, it works well if you have a 1960s BBC budget or a university budget. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this rocket off-camera is landing, and Corey doesn't know why it's here, but he's pretty worried about it. There's something very big going on here. And if the Daleks are involved, you can bet your life our whole galaxy is in danger. Awesome. What a good line. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Terry Nation's doing a pretty good job this episode. I think anytime someone says you can bet your life our whole galaxy's in danger. Or wait, was it galaxy or universe? Galaxy. 
You can bet your life our whole galaxy is in danger. Like, cool. P- put that in the in the commercial. Put that in the trailer. Like, uh-huh. uh, you'll you'll be able to count on me. <laughs> <laughs> we get a quick cut showing us that the Dalek search party is indeed on its way to the rocket. These Daleks in the search party also see the off-camera rocket land, and they are able to identify it as a ship from the planet Geron and the beginning of the Great Alliance. Uh-oh. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what these Gerons look like. That sounds cool. Uh-huh. Gironites? Gironians? <laughs> Gearheads? <laughs> I dig it. So Lowry's got the distress beacon all ready to launch other than recording the actual message. But Corey says they need to GTFO of this area and take the launch beacon with them. They don't have time to record the message like right now. Man, like one of you could have been recording the message while the other one was was assembling the <laughs> launch thingy. Uh-huh. You'd think, yeah. Multitask. But, you know, Lowry gathers up the the beacon and the two of them head out of the area and they are just missed by the Dalek search party. So how far are we into the episode at this point when we, we've had no sign of the doctor and his companions? <laughs> yeah, we're pretty far in at this point. <laughs> this, this Dalek search party finds the rocket that Corey and Lowry have just abandoned They confirm that the rocket is empty, the crew's gone, Mm -hmm. and they start firing their film negativizers at it. Of course. We see a bunch of smoke, and then Lowry says that the rocket is falling apart, but we don't actually get to see that. (laughs) Uh, I love it. And as the Daleks start searching the area for the crew of the ship, Corey starts, you know, gets Lowry moving again, but like in his haste to get the two of them going and unknown to Corey, he accidentally bumps Lowry into scratching his hand on a Vargathorn. Oh, dang. We cut over to the Dalek conference room where we've got the black Dalek, a couple other Daleks and a bunch of aliens assembled. So we've got the black robe, no face alien. Very cool. We're off to a good start. We've got the tall, drippy face alien. And kudos for this university, the University of Central Lancashire, for putting on uh, an episode with like so many a- different alien costumes that they're yeah totally to put, put together. Kudos. Yeah, there's a, a a group of aliens, and they're all unique. Um, tall drippy face. We've got somebody in kind of a deep sea diving suit type getup. Very cool. Classic. We've got someone wearing a sort of like reflective suit with these like thick black stripes on it. And then this like tall, thin white head thing. Not going to lie, a little underwhelmed by that one, but still <laughs> good. <laughs> We've got someone in sort of like a referee shirt with like thin black stripes and like these like, big like the quality is going down as <laughs> uh-huh. we go <laughs> they've got like these big gloves and then they've got like a shorter like wide white head thing 
Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the last person to join the conference is Representative Malfa, who's got like splotchy skin all over his head and he's wearing like basically a hockey goalie's amount of padding in his like white and black piping suit. All right, cool. Cool. As Malfa arrives, the black Dalek wants to go ahead and get the meeting started, but Malfa has some pre-meeting business he'd like to address. There is a hostile presence among us. Oh dang. And uh, yeah, apparently they, they look at one of the alien or the or it's going to be the one in the uh, the diving suit. They pull the helmet off, and it's the doctor, or possibly Steven. Probably not Vicky. I don't know. I don't think they'd try that. All right, that's my guess. Let's see. Let's see. So he apparently heard about the solar system folks when he landed here, and the Dalek is like, no, dude, they're not, like, here, here. And (laughs) Melfa's like, they're here on the planet Kembo. Okay, okay. Uh, my guess was completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> the Black Dalek basically tells him that, like, yeah, some Earthlings are here, but their spaceship was destroyed, and the beings themselves are currently being hunted down. But Melfa is still pretty worried about this. Suppose they send a message throughout this universe. Dude, you're such a buzzkill, Melfa. Come on, Yeah, geez. totally. We haven't even started yet. And the Black Dalek just keeps trying to reassure him. They will not have time if they do not die by our Varga bugs. My patrols will kill them. They will be exterminated. Exterminated. There we go. You know, I, I kind of like that they, they don't overdo it with the exterminate. Like they, they save it, and then and then it has a little more a little more impact. Yeah, it makes it feel special when they bring it out. Exactly. You know they mean it. <laughs> so as Corey and Lowry make their way through the jungle, trying to dodge Daleks and get away, we cut to. A bit later on at the Daleks conference, apparently they did go ahead and start the meeting, and we're yeah, cutting to. Know, they, they had an agenda and they set yeah. it out ahead of time, so they, they did have to start on time. It even had a slot on the agenda for other business. Like he could have waited until the other business to bring I it up. Oh, classic Melfa, too. Come on. Totally. Every conference. But we're cutting into, you know, some ways into the conference, and apparently. They all agree with each other. All are agreed. It is done. The seven great powers of the outer galaxies are one. Dang. All right. Well, um, we got snacks in the back. Uh, <laughs> we got coffee. We got donuts. Make sure everyone gets one before you take your second. Uh huh. There's going to be a mixer tonight after dinner. So hope to see you there. <laughs> But apparently they're making a plan to all join forces to conquer the solar system, starting with Earth. Wow, that's, that, that feels like a lot of effort just to conquer one solar system, guys. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. We're bringing starting in like, with Earth, like, you know, the, the rest is going to be pretty easy once, you, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> once you're done with that. Once I mean, you get okay, Earth, maybe, you're, you're pretty set. 
maybe at this point uh, we've, we've got colonies elsewhere, but... Um, That's okay, true. Okay. I suppose this is <laughs> a thousand years after the Dalek occupation of Earth. Yeah. Back in the jungle, poor Lowry is starting to have a bit of a rough time of things. He starts to see some weird veiny shit growing on the back of his hand and up his arm. And he doesn't say anything? Nope, he tries to hide it from Corey. Mm. And in fact, he successfully hides it from Corey. All right. Corey tells him that he got close enough to the Dalek city to hear them talking over their loudspeaker about their plans to invade the solar system. Apparently, they're just like because they, they broadcasting the this in the streets. So. He would really like to get this emergency beacon message, like, recorded and sent. Yeah, get on that. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Lowry starts repeating the word kill. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just a song I've got stuck in my head. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he gets up and, like, starts coming toward Corey, who... Pulls his gun and kills Lowry. And it says, next time on Doctor Who, maybe we'll see Doctor Who. <laughs> or the Doctor, I guess. As soon as Lowry's dead, we're not not to the next episode yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as soon as Lowry's dead, Corey starts recording his emergency message. He is re- He's basically trying to warn Earth and the rest of the solar system that the Daleks are coming and defense mechanisms must be put into operation immediately. He finishes recording the message, but the Daleks show up and film negativize him to death before he can launch the beacon. Oh, buddy. Our plans for the galactic conquest are safe. Whatever information he discovered has died with him. Return to the city. We obey. Nice. But as the Daleks leave the area, the camera is very careful to show us that the tape that he recorded the message on is just like sitting there on the ground. The Daleks didn't seem to notice or care about it. Is this just like an ordinary cassette tape? Basically, yeah. I think it looked more like a, a video cassette than an audio, but... Yeah, it's literally a cassette tape. Very cool. So, yeah, the message itself did not get broadcast, but it still exists. We cut back to the Dalek conference room where Malfa is giving a speech to get everyone psyched up. Now all is ready. We at this table pledge our allegiance to the Dalek cause. Our armies will reduce the galaxies to ashes, their people to dust, and Earth, we will conquer first! Victory! 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 Hey, dude, that's intense. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe, maybe dial it back a notch. And as everyone else at the conference joins him in shouting the word victory, the words next episode Temple of Secrets appear on screen. 
<laughs> uh, well, we've had episodes in the past where, like, you know, so the individual actors <laughs> got to take a break, <laughs> got to go on vacation. Um, I think this is the first one where they all <laughs> went on vacation. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was running that long D&D campaign for you and a few other folks, and mm -hmm. sometimes... After you all had found and dealt with like one of the big MacGuffins, we do like a one shot side quest and it would have like different characters that might or might not be at all related to the main campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of what this episode was. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, you know, pour one out for Corey and Lowry and um, what was the last one? Gar Garvey. Garvey? I mean, once again, Terry Nation, maybe, maybe not like as, as heavy as some of the stuff that we've seen. I don't know how cartoony ray gun type, um, vibe or, or whatever. Um, I don't know how, uh, I don't, what I'm trying to say is like when, when the, the characters shoot each other, I don't know how much it feels like, oh my gosh, mm. that person just had to shoot that other guy versus like, you know, pew, pew, ah, blurg, you got me. Uh, it seemed like they were um, using pistols, I think, not ray guns. Oh, all right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know yeah. how, how scary or traumatic that would be for our uh, young audience. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right. Um, pretty, pretty cool, cool stuff so far, despite our heroes not being in it. Like mm -hmm. the... Like the plants, like the like this weird um, um, conference of aliens, and I like uh, Daleks. So good stuff so far. Yeah, totally. I did think it was kind of fun and interesting to not only get like a side quest one shot, but a TPK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they completely failed to not only stop the Daleks master plan, but to even get any word out about it. Well, at least they recorded the tape. But yeah, this was a really fun episode. I I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if it counts as its own serial or not, so well presumably the next episode will continue on it, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> And you too. Oh no! Uh, again, I, I always want to be like, and you too, listeners, will find out. But like, you know, before we do that, we like to thank Circuit Twenty Three for the music he composed for us. You can find his new album Mens Vermis on Bandcamp. There's a link in the show notes. I'm not going to read the whole URL this time. And his other music, including our theme, at SoundCloud.com/Circuit23. And you can email him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Yep, I forgot that we were doing this, so I don't have my notes in front of me because this season three is new. But yeah, thank, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Kyle, for telling me about. Oh, you, you, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you to me for watching Doctor Who. And thank you to University of Central Lancashire for making this episode. Yeah, thanks, University of Central Lancashire. Um, and thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. Indeed. 
And I thank you, Benny, for editing the first pass of the episode. And oh, thank you. Thank you, Carl, for editing the second pass of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we don't normally do this part. Okay, cool. But, but I do appreciate um, it every time. And yeah, listeners, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can do that by email. The doctor's watcher at gmail.com is, I believe, our email address. Yes. And if not, then it's in our show notes. Nope, that was, that was it. Uh, and you can tweet us at Dr. Watcher. Yep. Which, despite all odds, seems like at least right now Twitter's still around and it might probably still be around. It'll probably not up. die. I've kind of been thinking about starting a Tumblr for us. I haven't actually done anything oh. yet, but maybe I'll do oh. that. All right. Anyway, um, come back in two weeks to yeah. learn about the Temple of Secrets, listeners. See you then, and also share, rate, and review. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>